Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing great, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the STL. And uh, with me, I have my boy, my homie, Jameson Very Good Rabbit. How you doing today, sir? I am doing very good, Mike. Excellent. Now, <laughs> you're probably wondering, where's T-Mac at? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay, so um, my niece lives four houses down from me which i thought this was going to be terrible uh having family move so close to me but it actually worked out pretty good i take the kids to school in the morning and they pick up my kids in the afternoon so it actually is working out pretty good but uh my niece had a friend um died today Ooh. so t mac is currently over there comforting her and, you know, she's like, Dad, I know we're recording, but, you know, because I got the call about the school and I was like, oh, my gosh. And like who, you know, they're doing the whole counseling thing. And of course, they didn't tell you who died, whatever. But she goes, yeah, Dad, it's Bailey's, you know, one of her one of her good friends. And she's crying. I'm trying to comfort. I'm like, you know what? That's more important right now. I'm like, uh, I'll bring you in towards the end when we got emails because there's some emails about you. She's like, OK, that sounds good. So uh, so that's why we don't have T-Mac today. So. Uh, but I I think we'll survive, sir. So uh, just old school you and me today, son. So we press on. We press on. Good times. All right, sir. So uh, before we get into our long-awaited review of Spaceballs, I swear this is what two years now requested. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, let's. I don't have news, but I got some quick movie reviews. So let's get into those. <laughs> So, uh, uh, 
obviously I, I don't go to the theater very often unlike yourself you know you uh, you have to go to the movie theater and you have to review all these movies so I, mm-hmm. I still have the luxury of picking and choosing so I kind of want to talk about an older movie and then a brand new movie and I know on a brand new movie you can't really say too much but I want to give my uh, my quick thoughts because uh, okay. uh, you know STL man I did five episodes last month man three were STL 2 were another show that I'm going to talk about later. So I was busy camper last month, so it was, you were. it was good times. But I was going to do a review of The Fate of the Furious because, you know, I've done, you know, since Fast Five, I've done all of them, but it just didn't work out. So now you have gone on record and, you know, hated it and all that good yeah. stuff. So uh, I thought I'd give a quick review of what I thought uh, of the movie. So... I'm kind of two minds of this, because as you know, this is my favorite franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought they should end it at seven. That's what I honestly thought. I was like, you know what? Just This is great. Cap it off. We're all good to go. But I knew that they were coming out with eight, you know, because Paul Walker had said, even if seven bombs, we're going to come out with eight. And then a couple weeks later after he says that, you know, he died. And so they, they kind of felt it was they needed to make part eight, you know, because this one's from Paul or whatever. And uh, so I was interested in this new trilogy. Now, you uh, you were going off about Charlie Theron, and I actually thought she was a pretty good villain, but uh, no. I don't know, man. Um, no, to each their own. I thought she was a train wreck. <laughs> okay, so here's my issue with the movie, okay? And uh, I'm going to try not to do any spoilers, but I can't stand Scott Eastwood, and the fact that they try to make him the new Brian pissed me off to nobody's end, right? Not mm-hmm. the, the whole Han thing, okay, I knew going in what was going on with the Han situation, but it also helped knowing that the writer specifically didn't address it in this movie because he's going to address it in part nine. So that's kind of why I was forgiving of it because, you know, I totally get the criticism of this movie because that's the biggest one is like, how could you take Jason Statham into your, you know, family, all this crap, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? The way it worked out with the twist and stuff, I was okay with it, especially because I knew it was going to be addressed tonight. Now, had, yeah. I, had I not known that information, I would have been pissed watching this movie, right? Because I love Han. However, don't watch part three after you fall in love with Han because then you realize he's a playboy douchebag. So <laughs> I, I've purposely decided to, uh, yeah, because Fonda's like, oh my gosh, this is, because she's like, we watched Tokyo Drift like a couple days after Fate of the Furious. She's like, you know what? I really don't like this movie. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, look at Han. You know, Giselle was supposed to be his true love, and he goes to Tokyo to be this big old playboy, whatever. And, I mean, obviously this wasn't in the card, so it was retcon. But still, mm. I kind of get her point. So it's like, you know what? I'm like, yeah, I really don't like it too much either. So um, Scott Eastwood was just, ugh. I'm like, I saw Brian replacement all over that crap. Yeah. Now, he's just so blah, too. Oh, he's terrible, man. It's like, dude... I don't know. He was terrible in Suicide Squad. He's terrible in that movie. So uh, now you thought everybody got dumber. I I don't know. I thought it was on par with the other ones. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I I didn't actually see the twist coming. It actually did affect me. The certain uh, scene that happens in the middle of the movie. Um, But that's because I'm emotionally invested in this series and these characters versus you're not. So I totally get your criticisms and where you're coming from versus me. I love this series. I'm an apologist for it because I know what it is. It's big, dumb, fun. But you, you know, you thought, eh, it definitely was dumb. So, uh, yeah. needless to say, 
I had a lot of fun. My only issues really are they don't address Han too. They do address Han just as you don't think we're going to forget, you know, everything you did to us kind of thing. Because some people are like, they didn't even address it. I'm like, no, you weren't paying attention. They did address it. But I, I like Jason Statham, you know, being part of the team. I really do. I thought he was awesome. He's a scene stiller in the movie. And there were some good twists and turns. So I actually enjoyed it. I would definitely, as of right now, because I've only seen it once, I'd give it a B plus. Uh, it's not my favorite of the series, uh, but it definitely, it's on the right track. F. Gary Gray, a lot of people have been hating on him as a director. I'm kind of okay with him. I didn't really find anything I didn't like. I actually enjoyed it. Now, what, what's your, um, as him being a new director, do you want him to continue on or do you want him to go bye-bye? I, uh, I mean, I guess I would have to say I want him to go bye-bye because I truly hated this movie. So it would be dumb of me to say, yeah, let's keep going that direction. <laughs> um, you know, and, and F. Gary Gray is a fine director, but I just thought that he really failed here. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really like a lot of his movies. I like Italian Job. You know, I love Straight Outta Compton. There's been movies of his that I enjoy. I just thought that this movie was not for him. Um, and I liked a few things about this movie, but for the most part, I was... I found myself being really almost insulted by how dumb they wanted me to be to enjoy this movie. Like I'm along for the ride for five and six. And then it's after a while, it's like, Oh man, I just, I watch absurd movies and I re- and I, I remove all form of belief going into them. But this one was a, a step too far for me. Now uh, let me play <laughs> devil's advocate real quick. Uh-huh. Let's say, you were not doing real reviews and you weren't watching all these movies all the time. Do you think your opinion would be different of this movie had you not be watching 200 movies a year? Here's the thing. It, I, I, it's tough to answer because I feel like over the last few years that my tastes have changed in my movies. And it is probably partially from watching so many. But um, I, 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 I want to be able to demand more out of my movies than just to be big and dumb. And I want to not have to constantly be asked to forget logic so many times a year. And so it's tough. I mean, I, I want better movies. I I enjoy big, dumb fun. Right. But if it's done with a little bit of class, with a little bit of smarts to it, and this one felt like it was insulting to me as a moviegoer, and uh, and I just, I, I, I hated it. If, if Statham hadn't been in this movie, this movie would have been... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I gave it one and a half stars, and oh most of that, most of that was a Statham. Uh, the the final third of the movie for him. This is the second, third worst rated movie I've rated this year. So oh far. my god, I didn't know you rated. I didn't purposely didn't watch your review on Real Reviews because I didn't want to hear the hate. I was yeah. like, I'll wait till Movie Mojo. I didn't know you rated it that low. Holy crap! Yeah, one and a half. Just Chips and Fifty Shades Darker are below it. Oh my gosh, Chips looks like total hot garbage. Oh, it's it's pretty bad. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, well, good thing we're talking about a good movie today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so I saw Guardians of the Galaxy two this weekend on Sunday, and here's okay. Here's my non-spoiler review of the movie. Um, I. I really liked it. I thought that even though this movie was funnier, the jokes were smarter in the first movie. So even though I laughed less in the first movie and I laughed more in the second one, I thought the jokes were smarter and better in the first movie. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? 
Yeah, because they gave Rocket more to do in this movie. They gave him more just constant jokey jokes, which I was all la- they all landed for me. But yeah, you're. I, I agree with you yeah, on that. I, I'm perfectly fine with Rocket because it was established in the first one. It was just the continuation. So everything Rocket said, 100% gold. However, Drax, the dick jokes, things like that, it was kind of like it was an 80% hit, 20% mm-hmm. miss with me versus in the first one. And considering I hate Dave Batista with the passion <laughs> to be due to my wrestling, and I, I went in the Guardians with 100% hate towards Batista, coming out of that movie absolutely loving him, so my equity with him is so high. So I thought 80% of it, he hit 20% he missed versus the first one. He hit a hundred percent. So I thought the, I, I thought some of the jokes were forced and that, mm-hmm. that was kind of my problem with the movie. I had no problems with, uh, you know, some said it was darker or whatever. I thought it was, I thought it was great because there was character development that we actually had a fantastic villain, probably for the first time ever in a Marvel yeah. film. Uh, and you don't see the villain coming, which is even better. That was fantastic. We get a Tango and Cash 2. That was pretty awesome. Uh, I've been waiting for that for 20 God knows years. Um, and I, I really enjoyed, of course, Baby Groot. I love him. It was great. I can't, I went in with the spoiler. So I was like, oh, crap, really? So the whole ending, I was expecting something. And I'm glad that things worked out to my benefit. So no mm-hmm. spoilers. Uh, I would... I don't think it's better than the first, and I don't think it's worse, if that makes sense. So okay. I would probably give Guardians a solid A, but I would probably give this one like a B plus, mm-hmm. like like a weak A minus. Yeah, probably an A minus. I'd give an A minus, okay. the first one A, because uh, the first one was just so good, and I, I love the world that James that James Gunn is building, and the fact that he might take over for Avengers or Phase Four. I'm all for it. This is the right guy to put everything in the hands of because you know Josh Whedon, the guy gave up after two movies, and James Gunn, on the other hand, has it. So uh, I really enjoy it. I know you're not going to give your review because you know you got upcoming real reviews, uh, all that I, good stuff. I, but I'll give you a couple things. Um, I I kind of agree with you, uh, for the most part. Like. I love Guardians, the first one. I think that's a great movie. Yeah. And Against All Odds was a great movie. I think Volume 2 is a really good movie. Um, I think I, li- I like most of it. I love most of it. Um, there's a few things I had issues with. Um, but I think the best part of this movie is Michael Rooker. Oh, yeah. Michael Rooker's performance in this movie was something I was not expecting for him to show that kind of range as yeah, Yondu. Right. Um, I really enjoyed his role. I loved the, I loved the dynamic between Gamora and her sister. I love the the stuff with Rocket. Um, my here's my thing, <laughs> and it's not a knock on the movie, but it's just got me thinking. And I might be totally wrong, but Chris Pratt, love Chris Pratt, right? Right. I think he's great. But in this movie, it felt to me like there were a lot of moments when, whenever he was on screen with Kurt Russell that you could tell which one of them was a big star and which one of them was Chris Pratt. Um, it felt like he was a little bit in awe of being on stage with Kurt Russell. I'm just... It, it, there was more than a couple of moments in there where it felt like anytime he's away from Kurt Russell, he's the he's the he's the hero here. And every time he was on screen with Kurt Russell, one of them shone really bright as being a dude with some serious chops. No, that may be here or there, but 
Um, I, I, I also I loved getting to see young Kurt Russell again. I have high hopes for that long rumored uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China China sequel. Finally, now since we can do young Kurt Russell again with no CGI. Oh my god. Right? Yeah, who knew? I was blown away. When I saw that, I instantly thought, hey, Michael Douglas, Ant-Man, CGI, awesome. And then yeah. I, I get home, find out, hey, you know that scene you watched? It ain't CGI. I was like, no way. I was pretty blown wild. away. It's pretty fantastic. Pretty wild. So, um, yeah, pretty awesome. I love I, got I love the, the antenna girl. She's fantastic. Yep, yep. Um, I got to say, this is the second movie I've seen in a couple of weeks. That starred Kurt Russell and uh, and Vin Diesel in one form or the other, and this one was the more believable universe. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, it, it's pretty cool that Kurt Russell took out Kurt Russell at the box office. When right. was when was the last time you got to say that? Right? When was wait? When was the last time that Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn had a movie coming up coming out a week apart? Because she's got Snatched coming out this week. Oh, that's right. When was the last time those two had movies coming out? I mean, she hasn't made a movie in like 40 years. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And we got We're, we got Terminator 2 3D coming out. So, hey. I know. It's like good time. I, I never saw that on the big screen, so I can't wait to see that. So, oh, yeah. That's right. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. yeah. If only Scott could learn how to act and be, you know, be like yeah. Oliver and uh, Kate... He could be part of the family, but oh no, that's Scott Eastwood. I'm thinking. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where. And my again, head. again, he can't act. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Guardian. Uh, I. Okay, so Fonda and I, we, uh, you know, in in this house, we got DC. We got Batman in my room, Wonder Woman in her room, right? However, we started a baby group collection, uh, uh-huh. and uh, it has grown quite big. Uh, I recently got into the Marvel Corpse, you know, Funko thing, you know, where you mm-hmm, get the box mm-hmm. every other month. And now I got a DC one, so I got Wonder Woman this month. I got Guardians uh, last month, so Fonda wore the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 shirt to the movie. Uh, and I hate the Funko things, but now they're start- Baby Groot's the only one in Rocket look fantastic. So that's kind of our only collection are those guys. Uh, but yeah, it's been pretty cool. That's kind of the Marvel collection starting up in my house. And then I got a baby Groot USB charger, which was pretty awesome. And then I got nice. dancing baby Groot. So a hundred dollars at GameStop down the drain, but it's, <laughs> a, it's okay. Uh, I got a credit card. I'll pay it off later. So, Hey, so. speaking of which be looking in your mailbox soon. A little surprise coming your way. For real? For real? Is it because my birthday's next month? Totally. Right? <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. It's coming early. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. We got uh, we got to be doing the zoo this year. Probably July, man. That first week of July, that's when I'm off. So uh, we, got, right. we, we got to make it happen. So Zoo stuff. But for my birthday, doing Wonder Woman this year, man. So that's good time. Pretty good. So uh, Wonder Woman trailer. Um, here's, here's what I'm digging with the Wonder Woman marketing. Because, you know, there's been no Wonder Woman marketing. People are stupid. I love the fact we still haven't seen the main bad guy, which I clearly know who it is, but they've refrained from every trailer and TV spot. It's only in there for a half a second, and I love it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I am loving the the all four trailers we got. Fantastic. The newest one at the MTV Movie Awards. Man, that just got me fired up like nobody's business. So are you excited for June 2nd, sir? You know, as excited as I can get. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go on my rant again. As excited as I can get. I go in with very low expectations for my summer movies now. 
that, that's, a, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, I, feel, I, I don't, I, you know, if I go in too excited, then it's never going to be good. So that's true. That's true. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I saw the Transformers, you know, newest trailer. I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, this is very similar to Fate of the Furious. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so I, I might, this might be the first Transformer movies I skip because I'm just not really interested. I don't know, man. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. Neither am I. But uh, yeah, man, Guardians Galaxy 2, uh, really good. Uh, I, Yeah, I'd say the first one is a solid A. This one's like a... You know, I don't want to rate it lower than Fate of the Furious because that would just be terrible. Mm-hmm. I, 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 what did I give Fate of the Furious? B minus or did I say B plus? Mm, I don't remember now. We'll go with B minus, okay? So, so B minus for Fate because I did have a lot of fun. It got me emotionally. It was like seeing my family up on the screen. Um, I could definitely feel Paul Walker missing for sure. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. I give that a B minus, and then I'd give Guardians two an A minus. That's what I would do, and then Guardians one an A. So I I love I Guardians is probably in my top three favorite Marvel movies ever. Yeah, uh, me I too. think I think Winter Soldier is still my number one, and mm-hmm. then number two is uh, God. What would number two be? I don't know. I know I, I have no no plans to see Spider-Man. I could care less. <laughs> Even though Tom Holland, you'll see it. Tom Holland teared it up on uh, you know Lip Sync Battle. That was badass. Oh my gosh, yeah. him as Rihanna. That was fantastic, dude. Uh, <laughs> you you want to talk about trailers? That movie, that trailer gave everything away in the first trailer. I'm like, why the hell do I need to see the movie? I now know the beginning, middle, and end. It's like, okay, I know I know why his suit was taken away. I know he doesn't have a suit for the end of the movie. But it's like, seriously, Marvel, did you not learn the lesson from BVS? And- here's, what I, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're, that Marvel is purposefully sabotaging this movie so that Sony will just give up the rights to it. You think so? If, they, if this movie comes out and stinks it up and it is a third swing at Spider-Man that fails... Sony just says, screw it. We don't want it. It's poison. And then I, I think Marvel's sandbagging with Spider-Man, hoping to get him right out, outright back. That That's a good conspiracy, man. I, I, I like mean, it's it. as good as any. <laughs> it's true. I dig it. So so those are my those are my quick reviews. Um, next, uh, I think for Wonder Woman, I might do a full-blown episode on that one. You know, all depends. You know, I didn't want to get burned out since I did five podcasts last month. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to do a review for Fate. I'll just, I'll just do it when me and James to get back together. So uh, I'll tell you what, sir. The, here, real quick, a good, really below-the-radar movie that's out right now that, that I think everyone should go check out, especially the STL crowd, I think would really dig this. It's a movie called Colossal. And... It stars Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I thought you were going to say X-Men. No, no, no. God, no. Um, It is uh, Anne Hathaway. Uh, It starts off like really sappy. Like you think you know this movie. She's this alcoholic party girl whose boyfriend kicks her out. And she moves back home to live with mom and dad in her old hometown. Runs into a guy she hasn't seen in 25 years since high school. It's Jason Sudeikis. He owns the local bar. He has her working there, which is not good for an alcoholic. Right. Um, and you think, okay, I think I've kind of seen this movie before, you know, and, and then in, they drop in that in the meantime, this giant monster is randomly appearing in Seoul, South Korea and wrecking shop. And this is kind of in the background for a while, the movie. Huh. And then you find out that Anne Hathaway has a connection to this giant monster and has a way of controlling this monster. Huh. 
And and then you find out that Jason Sudeikis has a way of controlling a giant robot. And he figures if you're going to be a hero, every hero needs a villain. It's an amazing movie. Pacific it's an, Rim. <laughs> it basically turns into Pacific Rim, only it's... It's crazy. It's awesome. it's something it's something that I think has to be seen. Sweet. I will definitely put that on the list there. So. Yes. All right, man. Well, that is it for mini movie reviews. So uh, let's get into our main movie review of the day, and that's Spaceballs. Here we go. Set of Spaceballs the movie. We're still in the middle of making it. Hey, what'd you do to my friend? The same thing I'm going to do to you, big boy. So Spaceballs, oh my gosh, uh, still, I don't even know where to begin with Spaceballs. I can, <laughs> I can tell you this much from T-Mac's perspective. She hates Star Wars. I know. I don't know how she's my daughter. but she It's lo- probably a good thing she's not here. I know, right? But she loves Spaceballs. I don't know what it is, but she just thinks Star Wars is boring, but she loves Spaceballs. Even though she knows it's a spoof of Star Wars, she, she loves this movie. Now, here's what I will say. I am not... I think because Spaceballs... I I hate Airplane, but I love Spaceballs. And I think Mm -hmm. that every spoof movie that I've watched, I hold Spaceballs in such high regard that every spoof movie outside of Not Another Teen Movie has never came to the same level as Spaceballs. So I have given up on spoof movies. I just don't like them anymore because for me... This is the ultimate spoof movie, and it doesn't get any better than this. That's like my high-level, you know, history with this movie. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, so this is kind of funny, but um, because I 
grew up such a massive Star Wars fan. Yep. I remember the first time that I saw this movie as a kid, um, I hated this movie so much. <laughs> I hated it because I felt like they were making fun of something that I loved. It felt like somebody was making fun of my my little brother or something, you know? Right. Like, no, no, no. You don't get I'm sorry, Mel Brooks, you don't get to make fun of my Star Wars. And it took me a couple of watchings to go, oh, okay, all right, this is okay. Like everyone's in on the joke. Like they're not they're not being mean, you know? All right. But the first time I saw it, oh, oh, I was vocal. A young movie critic who came out like, hmm, they're making fun of Star Wars, screw them. And uh now I love it. And I mean I, I agree with you about spoof movies. Like for the most part, they're terrible. But Mel Brooks is the master yeah. when it comes to that. I mean, with Young Frankenstein and and Blazing Saddles and and, and movies like that, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's great at spoof movies. Everyone else should just leave him alone. I hate Robin Hood though, Men in Tights. I can't, I can't stand it. And I think it's okay because it. because of the main actor Carl Ellis or whatever his Gary name is. Gary uh, Yeah, I I can't stand that guy, man. <laughs> Isn't he in the Princess Bride? He is Wesley. Oh, uh, uh, see, I hate that movie too. So maybe, I think it's because of that guy's why I hate all that stuff. I don't know. Fair enough. But Spaceballs, you yes. did, you did a post the other day about how Rick Moranis is in yes. some of your favorite movies ever. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean Rick Moranis is uh, just phenomenal, right? I mean he's it, it just kind of surprised me. I've always known I love Rick Moranis, but um, I actually watched a couple of movies in a row. I watched I rewatched um, Little Shop of Horrors the other day, and then I watched this, and we I just was like, man. I love me some Rick Moranis. And it's just, I, it, when I started going through his history, I was like, yeah, I watch a lot of, like a lot of Rick Moranis movies. Like he has a high batting percentage for movies of his that I love. Yeah. And like iconic Rick Moranis roles. And this is right up there as, as dark helmet. And it, even though he is under a helmet for half of his time, he, he is able to emote through that helmet and you can you can almost see his facial expressions underneath that helmet. You can imagine yeah. the screwball faces he makes under that helmet. I love me some Rick Moranis. He is by far my favorite character of this movie. He has the best lines of the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, this movie, I don't know. Um, like starting off, I mean, we get the real, I love the beginning, how we get the super long ship. And I mean, the ship is long. It's so long that you start to roll your eyes because you're like, oh my gosh, how long is this thing? And I, I really enjoy that because it immediately sets the tone of the rest of the film of just how ridiculous the movie's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, immediately we're spoofing the iconic opening of Star Wars. Right. And you're going, okay, I know the tone of this movie now. And then Rick Moranis, our first character, comes on screen and he's got the awesome. I like how he's got the breathing, but it's a little bit different than Darth Vader's. And then immediately picks it up and he's like, I can't breathe in this thing. <laughs> he's just, he, yeah, he does. He has the best lines of this movie. He's so good. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but he is just, I, I think you're right. Even if he has the mask on, I can see his facial expressions underneath it because I can just imagine what he's doing. You know, it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, I love what's his name? His buddy. Um, is it Colonel Sanders? Colonel Sanders. Oh, normally, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but I absolutely love him in this movie. 
Do you know who this was supposed to be? Who? Steve Martin. I can believe that because of Mel Brooks wrote it. He wrote it for Steve Martin. So why did Steve Martin not uh, not take the gig? Uh, apparently he was doing something else. Oh, it was just like Roxanne time, I think. Ugh, Maybe planes, trains. Uh, it was, yeah, he he wrote it for him and and he turned it down. Um, but you can kind of see where Steve Martin would have been in this role. But yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah, and of course our boy John Candy's up in this movie, man. Yes, it's Barf the Mog, half man, half dog. He's got some fantastic lines. Funny, she didn't look Druish. <laughs> right. He he is. Yeah, he, I mean, he has the great John Candy charisma and just kind of sneaks in these shots as everything else is going on around. And Bill Pullman as Lone Star is kind of the big swashbuckler, the Han Solo guy. Yeah. And yeah, and John Candy just kind of slips in some some really funny lines uh, and, and just a lot of uh, a lot of tail whacking people in the face humor. Yeah. And it's funny. I dig yeah, it. It works. Um, Something about Bill Pullman. I never I don't know why, but I never. I love Bill Pullman, but this, I don't know. There's something about his performance in this movie, at least for the first half where I've always thought he's like either overacting or he's not trying. It just, he was very hard for me to like for many, many years. I definitely like him now and enjoy him in this movie. Uh, I love Bill Bill Pullman, but there's just something about the way his performance is in the first half. I don't know what it is. I can never put my finger on why I don't like it. You know, this was his first starring role ever. Okay, that could probably that probably makes more sense. Yeah, then. I yeah. mean, he had he had been like a uh, you know a, a third a third guy in Ruthless People the year before, but this was the first movie that he was ever the the guy. Okay, one of the main guys, and so yeah, I think part of it was him on set with you're sitting next to legend John Candy. Yeah, and you're tr- I mean, I couldn't imagine being like, okay, I got to try and keep up with this guy. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's got to be tough. I got Mel Brooks out here, the master of comedy. I've got to, I've got to figure something out. So I'm sure he was a bit of a mess for a little while, the yeah. new guy on set. And you know who was supposed to, you know who was offered this role before him? Who? Before Bill, before Bill Pullman, two actors turned down the role of Lone Star. The first one was Tom Cruise, which I couldn't even imagine. No. The second one, I kind of wish would have happened, was Tom Hanks. Could that, you see Tom Hanks and John Candy in this? That would be a, awesome, man. A young, comedic Tom Hanks. Big era Tom Hanks. Hey, spoiler alert to all you young viewers out there. Tom Hanks used to be a funny comedian who didn't do all these dramatic movies to win Oscars. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, now he's just sneaky funny. Back then, he was slapstick. Yeah, he was fantastic, <laughs> man. Yeah, I kind of I kind of want to see that movie. That would have been but, awesome. But yeah, so those are those are the two guys that passed on it. We went with Bill Pullman, and away we go. Maybe that uh-huh. maybe that's it. Him being next to John Candy, you know, the first half of the movie, like the second half, things like really really pick up for me. But I maybe it's because you know the barf, the way he looks, and I should say the fact of maybe he's overacting, but he's supposed to. I mean, it's a spoof movie, so I shouldn't hold that right. against them. Exactly. But <laughs> I could just never put my finger on why I just didn't, uh, you know why I just didn't dig him so much. But I, the, the more I watched it over the years, I definitely dug him and stuff. But it was just something the, the first time seeing it as a couple times as a kid, I was just like, I don't really like that guy too much, you know? <laughs> so anytime a movie came on that had him in, I'm like, oh, it's that crappy guy from Spaceballs. Of course, <laughs> you know, of course, now he's awesome. Um, sure. 
But, uh, you know, in the beginning of the movie where we have Darth Helmet, you know, and he makes that awesome line about, you went over my helmet? And, mm-hmm. and they pull out the ring, which is supposed to be the, you know, the lightsaber. The Schwartz. The, right, the, the lightsaber version uh, of uh, Star Wars. Now, here, here's my here's my qual with the film. So Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. the greatest Jedi ever, has the greatest lightsaber ever, which is the green one from Return of the Jedi. Another mm-hmm. reason why it's my favorite, because Luke be, doesn't stops being a wuss and becomes the badass Jedi he's supposed to be. But uh, why does Darth Helmet have green and not red? That always annoyed me, and I'm sure they did it just because <laughs> the good guys had green in Star Wars. So I don't know, man. It just bothers me that it's green. Why does so- it have to be green? I'm guessing here, but I would my guess is that that was a George Lucas decision. George Lucas had a lot of say in this movie. I mean, really, they're making fun of his property. And so George Lucas had a lot he had to give this the okay. And so he, you know, he said, okay, you can use this, you can use that. And it helped that Mel Brooks then used uh, Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas's company to do the effects for the movie yeah you know kind of paid him but i guess <laughs> part of it was the good guys don't get green that's too much like ours that was the other part of this movie was of making this movie was george lucas at the time was making howard the duck yes and so he thought <laughs> he was in a mood of ooh, funny movies right like howard the duck is funny but anyways um <laughs> and, and he said great let's do it the only thing you can't do is to make any kind of merchandise that is Spaceballs, because that's like using my characters to make money for you. So that was one of his big rules, which is funny considering how much of this movie is about the merchandise. Right. It's all in the movie, all the merchandising. It's so is. self-referential. I just love it. Stop. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. The kids love it. So, good. <laughs> so I mean, I'm guessing that's what that's the uh, the reason why the uh, the colors are reversed is because George uh, probably put in on it. That, that makes sense. I, I never actually knew that. I mean, to be fair, I've never really looked too much into the trivia or whatever. I've just enjoyed the movie for what it is, you know, and probably I kind of wanted to stay away from trying to learn too much about it. But I guess that makes sense, you know, um, in regards to some of the changes and things. I didn't realize he had that much control, but I guess it kind of makes sense if you want to make a movie spoofing Star Wars, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's kind of... George, you know, at the time he wasn't really big. He, now he he opened up the the universe more, but at the time, you know, this was still this was only a few years after Jedi, and uh, I'm sure he wasn't super thrilled about like somebody already making fun of his stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this is my baby. You're already making fun of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie is. I mean, the plot of it is just weird, right? So President Scrooge. Just needs to steal air from Druidia. I always thought it was President Screw. That's what I always yeah. thought his name was. Every time I heard him. <laughs> so just we need to we need to steal your air. Um Yeah, it is that's weird. kind of the, the plot of the movie is whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a spoof movie, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean there's it's not the plot, it's the scenes that make the plot. I, I mean I, it's the I scenes said a that make the movie. Nose, not up it. <laughs> How many a-holes we got working here? Oh my gosh, so good. I mean, what a coup in 1987 to get Michael Winslow on your, in your movie. Right. He goes, we got the bleeps and the creeps. It's so <laughs> the good. The sweeps. Yeah. Because yeah. it appears we've been jammed. So good. Um. So 
our other two characters we have, which is uh, Joan Rivers plays the AKA, you know, C-3PO version, right. a girl. Um, well, you know, she's, of course, I don't like Joan Rivers, but she does a, you know, decent job in this movie. You know, um, I think she separates herself far enough to where I can believe it's not Joan Rivers doing the voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on Dot Matrix? Dot Matrix. Yeah, she's all right. I mean, she's basically just the whiny C-3PO. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's okay. She's my least favorite, much like in Star Wars, C-3PO is my least favorite character. Yeah. It's the same way here. Fair enough. And and Daphne Zungaga. Zaniga. Uh, Zaniga, thank you. Uh, very unlikable, uh, as she should be, I guess. I, I think she did a really good job because I really hated her guts, and then by the end of the movie, I really liked her. So, And I know she's made a bunch of other 80s movies, oh, but yeah. believe it or not, this is the only movie I've ever seen her in. So. What? I'm dead serious, dude. Serious. I'm dead serious. What? All right. What's another? Vision movie? Quest? Never seen it. Oh, that's another great Bill Pullman movie. Uh, Gross Anatomy, another great Bill Pullman movie. Yeah, I missed that one, man. Those, <laughs> These are... They did three movies together? Yes, right? Like three in a row. Oh I think they might have been together. Are, are they the uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell of the 80s or what? It might be. Um, I fell in love with her again in the 90s when she was on Melrose Place. Okay, yeah, I never watched that show. Dang. Man. And then she just starts showing up. Like, I know she's in a lot of things that my wife watches during the Christmas time. Yeah. A lot of Lifetime movies. I know she shows up a lot. I'm like, oh, Daphne Zuniga again, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah everybody's in Lifetime movies. I mean, come on. You oh, get... yeah, she's in Christmas Do-Over. Yep, yep. Yep. I mean, you got to pay the rent. You go to Lifetime movies. You know what I'm saying? Family <laughs> Thanksgiving on strike for Christmas. Yeah, this is what she's been doing lately. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so so Mel Brooks, uh, he is our, uh, I, would you say, the emperor of the movie? Uh, who's, he's fantastic. Why didn't anybody tell me my ass was so big, you know? <laughs> he's Mel Brooks, man. He's the best. Yeah. Mel Brooks is just the best comedic writer-director, I swear. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's like the John Hughes of, of teenage movies, but for comedy, right? I right. mean, I mean, that's the way you got to look at it. President, President Screw, or Screw. What is it? President Screw, right? Screwb. Screwb. Yeah, I like to call him Screw. It's just always funnier that way. And he gets dual roles in this movie. Yeah, he gets to play yogurt. I, I definitely like him better <laughs> as yogurt. I I love the I love in the beginning about the Beeman thing. Oh, sorry, that's my Alarm's alarm. Going off. That's my alarm going off. Sorry, guys, this is great podcasting. So it's six o'clock in the PM. Where are your children? This is uh, this is the time that my daughter usually eats. So uh, there you go. But I I let her move till seven, so you know it's all good. So, uh, yeah, President Scrooge, love the guy. He's fantastic. I I like his interaction with the with the one girl who always yeah. is you know catches him at the worst time possible. He's taking a leak. You know he's in girl he's in the bed with girls. All that stuff. It, it's great. But I I love the fact of you know beam me up. And he, he literally is going to the other room. I mean, <laughs> that that's what's so funny. It still makes me laugh to this day. Um, so we get uh, into the story. Essentially, we have, you know, Bill Pullman, John Candy. They uh, they get hired to take care of the princess because they got to pay Pizza the Hut all this crap load of money. Pizza the Hut is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in a movie. I hear you. It is so gross. 
it's so the special effects are great on that though aren't they they really are they really are it's like the bubbling cheese just it's everything's just dripping off them it's so disgusting you know what it reminds me of are the facebook videos of the pimple popping yes exactly oh i can't stand i i i I throw up man if i if i watch more than 20 seconds of cis being oh come on no way man Uh, (laughs) i could throw up right now just thinking about it but yeah that's what pizza the hut is he's a big cyst on the screen that's what he looks like um so what are some of i'm gonna tell you my favorite scene in the movie okay it is the instant cassettes is my favorite scene of the movie it's the best part of this movie it is the smartest part of this movie yeah it's the smartest funniest uh we can't find them let's just go watch the movie the movie we're filming right now yes but we haven't even made it but we haven't even finished making it yet they put out the video cassettes before the movie's done. <laughs> I like how all of Mel Brooks movies are there before you get the space balls. And then, exactly. and then you it's, have the little cutout inside the box so you can pull the tape out. So good, man. It's free advertising for all of his previous movies. It's true. Like slowly pan across all of his movies. You go, I haven't watched history of the world part two in a while. Yeah. Maybe I'll get to that when I'm done with this. Right. It's brilliant. And it has my, my favorite, dialogue that i've i my roommates and i would go endlessly with this to everyone's annoyance of the when will you know, it be now <laughs> when will it be now yeah you just missed it <laughs> <laughs> i do the same thing i i'll walk in after work when will then be now and finally just looks at me like what the hell are you talking about i'm like never mind uh god it, it, that scene i'll tell you man i could watch over and over it could be the whole movie for me and i'd still laugh still to this day I laugh at that scene so much. It is just, it's pure comedy. That That's something that any other spoof movie cannot touch is that scene. It's just pure magic is yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and you know what? And there's, there's really great direction in this movie, which you don't get in spoof movies normally. It's just kind of a Wayne's brother or somebody directing a movie. Um, you know, like in the scene where they're, they're down on the planet, the, quote unquote Tatooine planet and they're out in the desert and you have the Lawrence of Arabia music playing and you go to that great effect where it, he's like, we're going to die out here in the heat. And it goes to that great dissolve of the sun, like a classic Lawrence of Arabia yeah. shot. And then John Katie turns the camera and goes, what a great, what a great dissolve. <laughs> like, I love that. Like it's not just spoofing star Wars. It's spoofing Lawrence of Arabia and all, I mean, I I love that. That takes that takes a really good eye to to be able to do. Yeah. Also, Wizard of Oz. You know, when you get yeah. the introduction of yogurt, um, the Dink Dink. You know, I love those guys. What is that from? Is that supposed to be That's you know Wars. Snow White? No, it's still Star Wars. That's the Jawas. Okay. The Dinks. Yeah. The um, Dink Dink. Dink Dink Dink. But they're doing the Snow White song. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a way of, cause the Jawas were totally separate. They weren't anywhere near Yoda, like in this movie, but right. you know, yeah, I think it was just kind of, let's get a bunch of little people, including my favorite little person actor, Tony Cox. He's the man. Um, <laughs> what well, the thing I love about this movie is ludicrous speed. Oh my God. That scene, go. that, that scene is fantastic, man. <laughs> let's go oh. to ludicrous speed. And then he, they take off and then the best is. When you just stop. And I love that you have a lever that says emergency stop, never use. Right. And he hits it, goes flying. And then, I mean, he, Rick Moran's dark helmet comes out, smashed head, glasses broken, hanging off sideways, and he's in full Lewis Tully mode from Ghostbusters. Exactly. I was going to say right? the same thing, right? It's total Ghostbusters Lewis right there. 
Did we stop? Uh, let's take five. Smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what makes the uh, pass this part. In fact, never play this part again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is him when when the Ghostbusters find him and he and he is just sitting there catatonic with the colander on his head in there in the fire station. You know, it, that's that's that Lewis Tully of like, would you like some coffee? Yes, have some. Yeah. And in fact, he has the best line in Ghostbusters when he says, you know, Gozer the Gazarian. And then he goes through the whole history of Gozer. And right. I mean, it's like I think it's the greatest dialogue ever written in a film is go- that Ghostbuster scene because I have no idea what it means, but it makes perfect sense. And he must have sat there for days trying to memorize that insane so he gets the best line in this movie best line in that movie and they're both smart that's fantastic. i miss you rick moranis i know right then did the guy go to retirement he's just like ah, i lived the life i'm all good yeah. in hollywood he's in full retirement god bless him yeah good times now the budget was 22 million on this thing and it made 38 would you consider that a success for uh this time period 1987 big time for a spoof movie oh yeah good, good i point. mean spoof movies don't make money that's that's pretty that's pretty good stuff. I mean, I remember I I didn't see it till it came out on video. You know, I didn't see it in the theater. Um, it it had a huge secondary market though. Like, yeah, it made, it, it it made money, which is good at the box office. Um, but then I mean, it's probably doubled that in video cassette and DVD sales. Oh yeah, I I mean now we've gone from Spaceballs to Haunted House. You know, it's ugh. oh I forgot my. My other favorite scene also involves Rick Moranis. Okay. Is this the scene where he has all of the action figures. Oh. When he has Princess Vespa, bring her to my chambers. And then you see him with action figures of all of the main characters in the movie. And it's just him being the hero. Like, Princess, first he kill, kills Lone Star, <laughs> then he kills Mog. And it's like, now you will be mine. No, yes, no. Oh, uh, it's just, it's hilarious. And then I see an interview with Mel Brooks where he says, yeah, he made that up on the, on the spot. It was all Rick Moranis just improvising. Yes. Yeah, but, okay, if he improvised that and then Colonel Sanders comes in, I mean, he, he must have known, they must have said, okay, I'm going to do this scene and then come in at some random point or something. like. I mean, all it was was the day of or so, Mel Brooks said he came up with the idea of do, him doing something with these action figures. And he, they just gave him to Rick Moranis and said, do whatever, you got two minutes. So they just start rolling two minutes, and then yeah, just no, I didn't see you play with your dolls again. (laughs) They're action before you come in. They're action figures. Now those guys look so good for action figures. I mean, in the eighties, I had crappy Batman figures who were just the same design, just painted and then repackaged. These guys look like the hot toys of two thousand seventeen. They look fantastic, man. Heck yeah. So, Give them to me. I know, right? The, I think the Darth Helmet one looked fantastic. And then uh, actually uh, Lone Star looked really, really good. It looked just like a man. So yeah. d- dig those toys. Now, my second favorite scene in the movie is Comb the Desert. <laughs> I love that black guy. And I... Here we ain't found shit. I share that meme all the time, man. I love, uh, love, 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 love that guy. And I love the fact that they got these big old combs and then they got the little afro. 
comb. That's what's yep. so great, man. This what makes it. And then the fact of after he says that, he just stares with his mouth open, and they just hold the camera there. That's what's so great. I just oh, so can great. I can I say that as a ten year old, I didn't quite get the joke of that because I didn't know what comb the desert actually meant. <laughs> It's like, I don't get it. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Go in the desert. I've only heard that. Uh, okay, so the realization, when you find out what comb the desert really <laughs> means, and then the joke hits you a couple years later, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's... It's like, oh, like space balls. That's why, oh, oh I get it now. I get it now. Hey, uh, how about the fact it's 1987, and they're talking about Transformers in this movie? Uh, That's pretty good. What scene was that? That is Spaceball One is a Transformer. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> suck, <laughs> suck, suck. <laughs> how stupid! It's so stupid. Uh, One, two, three, four. That's the that's the number of my oh, luggage. Only. Uh, oh, first off, I tweeted idiot? out. I, I tweeted out the other day because I've been going on a rampage about how much uh, I do not want to see this movie Snatched that we just talked about. Right. Uh, and. When I watched this, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is where they stole that from." The my password is one two three four. That's in the trailer uh, over and over and over again. I'm like, "They, that's Amy Schumer." My password's one two three four. I'm like, "Oh, so the best part of that movie is stay is Spaceballs." I get it. All oh, right. okay. Yeah. What, what kind of idiot would have? Oh. <laughs> what was that line? Only an idiot would have that for his luggage. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of combination some a hole would have on his luggage. Right, change the combination of my luggage. <laughs> oh man, and I like don't ever put that mask on. I don't know if you ever making faces at me, and then he sticks his tongue out, and then the moment he looks at him, he's like checking his teeth. That's that's what's so fantastic about that scene. Rick Moranis, <sighs> so good, dude. So. I think the point where I dig Bill Pullman, at least as a kid, was the yogurt scene. Sure. Uh, at that point, things started to change. And, and I like the fact you know that Mel Brooks is walking on his knees, but it's okay. It's believable. You know, it's Yoda. It's all that good. That poor guy suffered too, man. He, that makeup gave him massive rashes. He was completely allergic to it. It just, I saw an interview with him talking about it. He says the worst experience of his entire life putting that gold makeup on. He must have filmed his scenes either first or I assume last because he looked good in all the right. other scenes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the the desert scene, you know, kind of the quiet moment. You know, we first have the the first desert scene where both Bill Pullman and Daphne they're they're going at each other, they hate each other's guts. I like the big uh hair dryer and the in the big uh <laughs> Right. Yeah, that thing's great. But then you get the campfire scene, and it's kind of a quiet moment, but I dig it because it sets up what's going to happen later on in the film, you know, with the necklace and things like that. But right before they're going to kiss, the virgin alarm goes off. I've I've always dug that. I thought that was funny. Absolutely. Um, you know what? You know it's always it's it's a small thing, but it's always bothered me about this movie is when they're in the desert. I don't know if it's because. It was actually hot out when they were filming or if they just got lazy, but it drives, it always drives me nuts that in the desert, John Candy doesn't have all his makeup on. Are you saying he, he doesn't, if you watch, he doesn't in the, in the, when you see him in the, in the RV, in the Winnebago at the beginning, he's got the nose, his lips are, he has lipstick on. He has a little thing like on his chin and then he has the spot on his eye. 
in the desert, he just has a spot on his eye. There's no nose. There's no mouth. There's no anything like that. It's just that. So like, I wonder if he's sweating it off or if they just got lazy like, eh, you know, he's just he's kind of in the background for a lot of this. It's fine. But it, it's always driven me nuts. It could be a smart joke, though, because it's a spoof movie, you know? Could be. It, could be smarter than me. Yeah, it could be. They did it on purpose just to see if anybody would notice and if anybody cared or, you know, I don't. It wouldn't surprise me if Mel Brooks did that on purpose, to be honest with you. Just the, just the way that that guy works. So um, so basically, I love you know, we kind of talked about uh, yogurt doing the whole, you know, uh, self-promoting and space balls and space balls too, the search for more money. And, and things like that, which, of course, we never got that sequel. What's the status of the sequel of this movie? Never happening. Never happening. <sighs> Mel Brooks is, I mean, he's joked about it in the past. And, and Rick Moranis actually approached him years ago wanting to make a sequel. And Mel Brooks has never made a sequel to any of his movies. Yeah. Um, and Rick Moranis actually wanted to make one. He wanted to call it Spaceballs 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2. That's funny, actually. And like and, uh, it, it would almost be like that, that Bill Cosby movie, Leonard Part 6. Yeah. We're like, you know, like, oh, wait, we were missing some. Yeah, um, I was always like, where the hell are the other five movies? <laughs> I would go to the video store asking, do you have the first le- first five Leonard's? <laughs> you're, dumb, you're dumb, kid. Um, I did the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, they did an animated series like 10 years ago where they got a lot of the voice cast, a lot of the cast come back and do voices. For real? And they did, yeah, they did like 10 episodes or something like that. Um, nice. But, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you're going to ever get the... The sequel, and I'm okay with that. I am too. I, at this point, I mean, we're we're bringing back TV shows that you know have been long canceled. Friends, American Idol, all this crap. Well, not American Idol, but Friends has been. Oh, no, American Idol's well, American Idol's back. No, I, I know it's back, but it hasn't been canceled for very oh, long. You know, gotcha. like Prison Break, that's been off the, uh, which I'm fine with because I love Prison Break. It's one of my all time favorite shows. Five years later, they they wrote a fantastic story, but they said, look. This is it. We're 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 not making any more, and I'm fine with that. Um, but it just seems all these shows are being resurrected and all this stuff. So it's like I don't want a sequel to Spaceballs. Just leave it alone. You know, like I don't want a sequel to Back to the Future. I don't want a sequel to Spaceballs. Just just leave it alone. Um, I still want my Bad Boys three. That would be cool. <laughs> God, you're the only one. <laughs> I know. I'm the only one in love with that franchise. Oh man, so good. You I, know, we have a we have a Mog in. In the uh, STL Nation, right? Uh, Charlie? Nope. Uh, John the Music Man? John the Music Man is our Mog. Yeah. I'm he, looking at a picture of him right now. He dressed like him. Yep. He, he does. He pulls off a pretty good cosplay of him, too. He does, yeah. You're right. Now that you mention it, I remember that picture. That that was very, very good. Um, So the ending sequence is fantastic because you know they, they break into what's quote unquote the death star and I, I like the fight that they have even making the jokes of your i see your schwartz is as big as mine and i <laughs> like the fact that they, they take out the film crew and he's like ah oh, he did it you know I, I i like the uh you know they're in a movie movie i love yeah. I, I think that's one of the i can't say it's the first four wall movie but uh i definitely i don't know there's something about that scene that i always dig that they took out a crew member. And yeah. I, and I love that song, the Spaceballs song, you know, watch out. And it's so good. They're all trying to escape. But the my second favorite line from Rick Romanis is, come back, you fat bearded bitch. <laughs> 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 so good, man. Oh, so good. And uh, even the monkey in the monkey suit, 
you're okay with it because it's a spoof movie. It, sure. It still looks good, but I love this scene. It's just so funny. I, it's it's one of the best scenes of the movie. It's just everybody trying to escape, and you got all these people who have you never seen before in the whole entire movie, pizza guy and all this and that, trying to escape. It's great, man. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I, I guess that makes sense because I always thought the special effects were really, really good in this movie. So that's pretty cool that – you know, Industrial Light and Magic actually did the special effects. That's why I guess it's on par with Star Wars and why it still holds up so well, actually. Sure, sure. So good times. Um, so, you know, do you have uh, do you have anything else that you know you want to say before we kind of wrap up? No, no. I think I uh, I spit out everything I needed to. Okay. So, <laughs> so I definitely would give this an A plus plus. I mean, this is. This is fantastic. I absolutely love this movie. There's not really anything I don't like because the things I don't like, I grew out of, you know, like not liking Bill Pullman and then growing up and realizing, you know, he's actually a good actor. And it was just, you know, as you said, it's his first movie. You're up against Bill, you know, John Candy. So, you know, it was okay. And then I I grew to like him. I I love the alien coming out of the chest. That looks so good. There's there's it's so smart for such a stupid movie. Just like Dumb and Dumber, you know, that movie's so smart for being so stupid. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, this movie has been on my high horse ever since I've seen it. And every spoof movie I watch, I, I continue to go down the, the path of, well, I don't really want to watch another spoof movie again. And then the more I watch them, the more I'm like, yeah, they're, they're just not that good. They don't rake up the space balls. And then you watch Haunted House and you don't even <laughs> laugh once. In, in a spoof movie, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. I think not only is that one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's an absolute train wreck of a spoof movie. Um, so spoof movies are, are, are very hard to do. And uh, I think it's because Spaceballs set the bar so high. <sighs> I don't know, man. Kind of like The Dark Knight. I don't, I don't know of a Batman movie that's going to really top that, you know? So the bar has been set pretty high. Uh, for the future let's see if it can ever top it but i don't know man it's this is the best of the best not only for spoof movies but one of the best comedies ever you know it doesn't sure. be, doesn't be coming to america obviously that's number one but in all in all top five you know greatest comedies ever this would definitely be you know top 10 for sure um you know even maybe even top five so um, it's a good movie what what uh what's your mm-hmm. thoughts final opinions ratings all that good stuff yeah, I, I love this movie. I mean, I love I like I've I've gushed about Mel Brooks. I think Mel Brooks is an absolute genius. Um, this and Young Frankenstein are, are two of my all time favorite movies. Uh, and Blazing Saddles is up there too. Uh, I got a real fondness for these. Uh, yeah, I I love it. And from where I started with this movie to where I've grown with this movie, um, it's night and day. Uh, I, I I absolutely love it. Um, it's just it's genius and it's it's taking a taking a cast that was kind of perfect for this and just kind of really doing the best they could with it, you know, and just leaning on the talents of the, of the, the great guys leaning on the talents of Rick Moranis and leaning on the talents of, of John Candy and the writing of Mel Brooks. It's great. Yeah. It, it holds up strong. What would, uh, what would your letter grading be? This is an a plus a plus. Awesome. Um, I, I do have to make a confession so I, I don't want to be, you know, ridiculed. 
Okay. Um, as we have done with the uh, classic movies, Masunas has never seen series. Uh huh. Never seen Blazing Saddles. Ah, uh, that's okay. So I, I feel... Blazing Saddles is a movie that if you watch today in 2017, does not hold up if you've never seen it. For real? I don't think it does. Now I'd be curious to see if you watched it, but uh, it is so of its time of the you know late 1970s, and it is so. I mean, it, it's making fun of how overtly racist it is, but it is still overtly racist. Um, I'd be curious if you ever got around to it to know what you thought of it, but it's not a movie that I would push you into like okay. above anything else. Okay, fair enough. I guess I won't feel so bad. Uh, now that uh, you know we did Indiana Jones, I guess we kind of <laughs> have to review the new one, which I'm not looking forward to at all. Yeah, me neither. Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, for real, why the hell are they making a new Indiana Jones? I've been asking myself that ever since they broke the news. <laughs> so stupid. So terrible, man. So terrible. Harrison Ford is going to be like 79 years old when this movie's made. Is he really <laughs> going to be that old? Let's see. I'm looking him up right now. Harrison Ford. He's going to be, he's in his late seventies. Okay. And this movie comes out in 2019 or 2020. Harrison Ford at the moment. Oh, don't make me do math. You jerks. He is 40. No, he is 75 years old right now. Oh my! What happened to? So that comes out in three years. So he'll be 78 years old when when this movie comes out. What happened to you know getting a younger one? You know, pass the torch kind of thing. You know, the Chris like, Pratt. Yeah, like what happened to that whole scenario? I don't know. Don't... I don't know. I guess they really liked you know how good the last Indiana Jones was, and they're like, yeah, let's make another one just like it. <laughs> That's terrible. although saying all that. I am really looking forward to the new Blade Runner. Harrison Ford in that. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, that's different. It was like, you know, I was wondering if he could pull off Star Wars, but he did. You know, he definitely pulled it off, and uh, he definitely could pull off Blade Runner. But there's something about Indiana Jones, though, that I I just don't think he can pull off. Well, and we've seen him fail miserably at this. Yeah. With like, the, with you, the... you haven't seen him fail at Star Wars, but you've seen Crystal Skull. <laughs> I, which I liked way more than uh, I thought I was going to, and you still give me crap about the monkey scene that I oh, that, that I definitely absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, the I think that will uh, I think that will do it, sir, for our review. Of, yeah, emails. Uh, yeah, we got emails, man. I, I am excited. So let's go ahead and hear what the STL Nation had to say. One shot, everything rides on tonight. All right, sir. So our first one, speaking of John the Music Man, Mr. Cosplay, here's what he had to say. Hello, STL Nation, Mike, and maybe other. Sorry, T-Mac's not here right now. Hey, I'm other today. <laughs> yeah, you're other. <laughs> I, I just have to say only one man would dare give me a raspberry. How many a-holes do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite movies, and in my opinion, Mel Brooks' second-best film after Blazing Saddles. I mm. think I quote this movie at least once a week and own two Spaceballs t-shirts, Ooh, and e- even have a barf costume made for an event I was participating in, which we give you high praise on that one, sir. That's fantastic. Now, 
I have to comment on the music and the love of the Spaceballs song. Man, this song, mm-hmm. that song is so good, dude. Play it all the time on the iPod, and the song Raise Your Hands from Bon Jovi is just as awesome uh, for rock songs as well. I could go on for hours about this movie, and for me, it still holds up, and uh, I watch this at least once a year. John the Music Man. So. Mm, very good. Thank you, sir. John's Music Man, post a picture of you in your in your barf costume on the STL page. I know. I, I think everyone needs to see that. Yes. It's pretty great. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, when you listen to this, sir, which I know it will be, which will be about two weeks, because you know that's how long it takes them. <laughs> uh, make sure you post your picture so everybody can see, sir. So. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get to the next email. I'm so excited. We got emails. Whew. I guess that's what happens when you don't podcast for a while. Mm-hmm. Or we announced Spaceballs two years ago, and then they just start piling right. in. So there you go. Uh, I'm scro- I'm scrolling, sir. Give me a second here. This is great podcasting. I would love if you had an email that came in when we announced Spaceballs a couple years ago and then reneged on it. <laughs> you have the email from like January of 2015. I know. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have an email from America's co-host. Woohoo! Hey. That guy's great. I like him. Uh, hi, Mike. Big fan. My favorite episodes are the one with Jameson. Aw. Aw. That's so nice. Yep. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> he doesn't know you very well, does he? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> like the kind of guy who practices Tai Chi in a pair of jeans at the crack of dawn. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Anywho, uh, Spaceballs is cool. Better than Galaxy. Oh, my God. Galaxy Quest. That is... Uh, F movie. I hate, and I know your boy Sean loves Galaxy Quest, but that movie's a piece of crap. I hate I Galaxy agree. Quest. And that, so does the writer. That that movie's an F. Ugh. Not F minus, though. That movie's an F. Uh, that movie blows. All right. Take it easy and may the Schwartz be with you. So, thank you, America's co host. I appreciate your email there. Good oh, that was time. very nice. That was very good. All right. Our next one comes from Lisa the Legend, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hi, y'all. I'm cutting it close for the deadline. You made it, but had to try anyway. I hope all is well with you and the nation. This is one of my first comic oddity movies I remember very vividly. You can watch it tons and always catch something new or funny, uh, you know, or a funny bitter goof. Admittedly, I turned in for John Candy and Rick Moranis. At the time, I didn't know Daphne Zanaka. Did I say it? Zuniga. Zuniga. Thank you, sir. Zuniga. But God, I love her. I remember following her as her career went on. She was great with John Cusack in The Sure Thing or in Family Ties. And I remember, and I tuned into Melrose Place just for her. I even watched that terrible spinoff of Models, Inc. because she was in a few of them. <laughs> That's I, right. I love that uh, they made an animated series of Spaceballs, and she did the voice for it as well. I have to find this, man. Is this on Hulu mm-hmm. or Yahoo? or Not I Yahoo, but YouTube or what? I don't know. Man, I, I bet it's on YouTube. I got to find this. Uh, I'd be reminisce if I didn't give thanks for the comedic genius of John Candy. A comedian and man taken far too young. There mm-hmm. isn't a movie of his I don't really enjoy. Rick Moranis, so here in Can- uh, Canada, pre-SNL, uh, and all those great shows was a Canadian show called SCTV. Ever of course. Of all right. So, Second City TV. Second City TV. See, look I at, don't know. Look at Jameson over here. Uh, he's getting he's getting brownie points. It was a really funny sketch show. Uh, he worked in early days with John Candy, Eugene Levy, aka American Pie, Martin Short, and tons of fantastic actors. You should YouTube it. You 
won't be disappointed. Google Bob and Doug McKenzie. Looking forward <laughs> to a great episode. Take care, Lisa the Legend. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, Bob and Doug McKenzie went on to make Strange Brew. That's what those characters went on to be the the characters in the movie Strange Brew, which is just it is a poorly done, amazing cult movie. It is the best. <laughs> it, it's it's been a while, oh, man. I think I watched the movie once, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I don't really I don't really remember it too much. So, Spaceballs the animated series. Here's episode one on YouTube. Oh, oh, episode two. I know what I'm doing after episode we get done. three. Ooh, yes, sir. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Fantastic. Woo-hoo. Yes, sir. So, sir, our final email comes from a new STL listener, sir. Or no, Uh-oh. not not new STL. Well, yeah, new STL listener, but first time emailer. And what happens when we get a new emailer, sir? Uh, Banzai. <laughs> Banzai, Daniel-san. Hey, Banzai. Banzai. Oh, I love it when you do that. Okay, so this one comes from my boy, Josh Tank. Oh, and they call him Tank because he's a big guy. So I love this guy. He's awesome. All right, so here we go. Hey, Mike and the STL crew. It's your favorite hefty fellow Tank from the Junk Drawer Podcast. Okay, I got to do some promoting here. So one uh, one of my favorite podcasts and groups that I'm in is the Real Fans for Real Movies Podcast. So Andy DiGenova, who's my boy, who does the Holy Backcast, which is the greatest Batman podcast ever. He covers everything, but he's like me. He finds the the crap and ev- like the good and the crap and everything. But when he gets pissed off, it's very rare and very funny. You know, like how I went off on uh, Puppet Master. He, yeah. go, he, he goes off on Rob Zombie's Halloween, which is what got me into that show. But he's fantastic. He loves Skillet just like you and I. So he's great. But the real fans for real movies, um, they're they're awesome. But uh, they have their own network. And he did this show called the Junk Drawer Podcast. And what the concept is is that these two guys get together and they just reminisce about random stuff that they grew up with. You know, like pulling out, you open your drawer, there's some junk in there, and then you do a topic about it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. the latest one is, like, the strangest laws you know like with the picture of judge dread i am the law it's it's hilarious so it's definitely a great show it's called the junk drawer podcast so if you guys are looking for a new one uh go check it out it's good times and then if uh you're a fan of batman of course check out holy Batcast. it's the best batman podcast there is positivity those guys they i mean even in their sleep they're so educated it's crazy so uh enough promoting from my boy there okay here we go and I got one thing to ask. How Spaceballs Junk Ben? <laughs> Laugh out loud. I have no idea what that means. But Hey, just wanted to email in a few months. Uh, I'm a few months listener, but the first time emailing. And let you guys know I appreciate and love what you guys are doing with the podcast. I'm excited to hear Spaceballs episode. And I love that you might get to do the podcast with your daughter. Thank you, sir. And, of course, the one time you're writing about it, she's not here. But <laughs> circumstances, uh, you know, took precedent over a podcast so uh it's a great feeling to do something fun and interesting and just share that time and experience recording with the close family member you love hence the junk drawer anyways i want to say that Spaceballs is such an amazing classic classic spoof movie i mean mel brooks directed starring candy pullman moranis and joan rivers oh man what a great cast and the jokes are timeless and classic it is one of the better spoof movies that didn't try too hard 
or with the cast that just didn't work. I'm looking at you, epic and scary spoof movies. Yeah. Right. The chemistry, the dialogue, the story, it all was all around great. Some spoofs either rely too much on a billion jokes or have no story or try to contrive some crazy story with not enough for non-hitting jokes. Spaceballs hits all targets in these fronts, hence how classic it is. Anyways, I can't wait to hear the episode and enjoy some awesome audio goodness in my ear holes. From a junkie STL native to the STL crew and nation, I salute you all and have fun and remember be good to each other josh aka tank aka tankus maximus Woohoo! nice well welcome to the stl nation sir good times now he don't he don't need more more nicknames no he does not he's <laughs> he's got his own and he left an itunes review sir Woohoo! score oh man this is great so we're up to 34 reviews here's what we had to say sweep the leg by the way did you know there's a sweep the floor t-shirt now I saw that. That's uh, that's what Jason's been calling your podcast for two years. I know, right? So he should, <laughs> he should copyright that. So Sweep the Leg has Sweep My Eardrums. Michael is a fun, laid-back, and engaging host that keeps things flowing and keeps the topics coming. Jameson gives a great perspective that is a great companion to Michael's. I also enjoy what they have. Uh, I also enjoy when they have a younger film watcher take. Uh, to new and old films alike when they include Tabby, a.k.a. T-Max Perspective. All around three fun, relatable people that have a great chariz- uh, criticism about new and classic films. I recommend this podcast highly. It's a nice change to most film review podcasts that feel so overly critical and the hosts seem so jaded and stuck up. STL doesn't seem to have that problem at all and I look forward to many more exciting episodes. Single stars drinking in, man. Good time. Nice, nice. So thank you, uh, thank you, Josh. I appreciate the awesome iTunes review. So <sighs> it feels good to get one of those again, man. It always does. It does. So, do you want to play a quick game of uh, what movie am I, sir? Before we gotta get rolling. Absolutely. All right, sir. So uh, let's get rolling. Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay. You people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. I... Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... I'm Batman. Nice go. Thanks. Okay, so do you want me to go first, or are you going to go first? All right, I'm gonna get mine out while I'm still thinking of it. Okay, cool. Let's do it. As we are, as we are, uh, as you were reading the emails, I was looking at my movie shelf, coming up with the uh, movies. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so it is all fresh. Here we go. Okay, so this one is it is a movie. Uh, the scene we have a brother and sister who are running, trying to escape um, a gangster. This gangster had um, kidnapped and captured the sister. And the brother had, had come in with trying to uh, trying to free her, trying to rescue her. Um, he himself got into a bit of trouble. He uh, he had to fight the gangsters like big henchman, um, like his big tough guy um, was able to. He killed the henchman's big tough guy. The sister wow. killed the gangster. <laughs> and uh, the two of them go uh swinging off into an awaiting vehicle that has all of their friends waiting to whisk them away from uh, the gangster's lair. 
what movie am I? You know, when you first start off, I thought you were doing uh, Jeepers Creepers. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this one. Oh, brother and sister, all that stuff. And then you mentioned the gangster. I'm like, damn it. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, so the score is two to one, right? I'm up. So I think so, yes. Uh, okay. So I, I need my clue. Okay. Your clue is the movie that I am was spoofed by the movie that we just covered. Ooh. People are yelling at me right now. Uh, you got me, man. You got me. It is Return of the Jedi. What? Oh Brother my and gosh. sister, Luke and Leia. Right? Ca- she is captured by a gangster, Jabba the Hutt. Right? She kills him. Luke is forced to fight his big henchman, oh the my, Rancor. Oh my gosh. And they swing out to the awaiting vehicle where their friends, Han, Luke, or Han, oh. Chewie, and Lando are right. awaiting. Take away take my geek card. All right. I love it. Um, all right, so I got one for you, son. Okay, I'm ready. Oh man, I really hope you've seen this before. So oh, this is always <laughs> this is always fun when you just have no idea. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So I'll give you some clues to kind of help you. So I can tell you that this was made in the late '80s, early '90s. Okay. All right. All right. So we have uh, a group of girls, and these group of girls uh, are have graduated high school. And they have a band. Okay. Uh, and they actually recruit one of the neighbors, who's a boy, uh, across the street because they want to go uh, for the summer and be rock stars. And uh, they go and they travel and they show up to the bar where they're going to perform. However, they think they're late. It's night. It's closed. They get pissed off. And uh, they actually go to the person running it and find out they're a day early. So the night, the next, they actually get to stay there, but the next night comes and, uh, the, the owner, uh, the one running this contest comes up to them and says, look, you know, I, I think I found my band, you know, and, and they get mad and say, look, you haven't even heard us play yet. Uh, but he's like, you know what? You got 10 minutes. So they go up on stage. They get so nervous. They screw up the first couple seconds and then they get pissed off, start the song over. It's a fantastic hit. Fan, the fans love them, and they get hired. What movie am I? I got two movies in my head, and I'm really I'm really foggy on both of them because it's been <laughs> a long time since I saw them. Um, it's got to be Satisfaction. Oh my God, you got it! Oh, Nailed it! Yes, bastard. <laughs> Yes. Damn it. I thought you would not get this, man. This is one of my wife's all-time favorite movies. Oh, and your wife, this is why I love her, because she's fantastic and has great taste in movies like Legend of Billie Jean, Satisfaction. This is uh, Julia Roberts' first movie. We have Justine Bateman, a.k.a. Jason Bateman's sister from Family Ties, who does all the soundtrack of this whole entire movie. She's not the greatest singer, but she gives it her all. And uh, this is actually Liam, my first Liam Neeson movie. And funny enough, he made this movie and has never watched it a day in his life. What? Yep. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone on record and said, I made the movie and I have never watched it. So. Wow. Even though nice. he, he does a killer performance, he never phones it in. 
in his eyes, he never wanted to watch the movie. It was kind of like Michael Caine where he just got a paycheck to do Jaws 4. And in in Liam Neeson's mind, this was kind of his paycheck. But he does a phenomenal job in this movie. And I became a big fan of Liam Neeson after this. I started watching Darkman and all this and that. And uh, yeah, uh, Justine Bateman, this soundtrack is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. Every song is phenomenal. And the blonde is the female voice of Jem in the 80s cartoon. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Uh, she, she has the better voice. She does one song in the movie called Mr. Big Stuff. Uh, so it's a fantastic movie. It's not on Blu-ray. It's only on DVD. And NBC bought the rights to this movie, and they renamed it Girls of Summer. Uh, and so if you watch it on TV, chances are satisfaction, even though it starts off with the song from the Rolling Stones and satisfactions played throughout the movie. When you see girls of summer, come on, you're like, what the hell? So, uh, this is definitely a chick flick for guy movie, but the song I was talking about is come on everybody. That's the song that I love and it's my favorite off the soundtrack. And, uh, so that, that was the movie. I thought for sure you were not going to get that, sir. Okay. So part of it is that, that. Uh, I've heard you talk about this, right? Because the the uh, episode that my wife emailed in, because she knew I'd never heard of this movie at that point. Okay. She was going on and on and on about how much she loved Satisfaction. Oh my God, I forgot all about that movie. So we had to track this thing down, which was no easy task. No, no. That was, that was as hard as finding Legend of Billie Jean years ago was. Right, exactly. It was like the, those two trying to find her two favorite movies. Um, and so, yeah, so I had actually never seen this movie until like, 2014 <laughs> like that's that's probably why i saw it 2015 whenever yeah. you talked about it yeah yeah i mean it, it's definitely it it's a guilty pleasure it's not the greatest acting in the world but it's a super fun movie i love 80s you know i love movies like this you know it's just a bunch of people having fun um there is some serious moments you know about like suicide and things like that but you know it definitely gets it gets addressed and then they bring the fun back in it but justine bateman the thing i really appreciate is even though she doesn't have the greatest voice i love the fact that she did the whole movie her it's her voice and in fact when you buy the soundtrack it says justine bateman and the mystery so nice. um, and there's some songs where her voice is fantastic and other ones where she's just not trying too hard. So yeah. uh, but yeah. th- this soundtrack, I'll tell you, when CDs first came out, the one day I was going to buy because I had the cassette tape. I wore it out like nobody's business. I went back to get the CD and uh, it was gone. And then later on in life, when I tried to track it down, the CD was 70, 80 bucks. <laughs> oh, I hate those. So I did have to go on the dark web to yeah. uh, to download this album. And, uh, and I don't regret a single second of it. Now, the Heavenly Kids soundtrack is on iTunes, but they won't put the Satisfaction one on iTunes. So, whatever. Mm. Yeah. So, all right, sir. That's it for What Movie Am I? What Movie Am I? And we are tied two to two. So, uh, that, that was good times. All right, sir. Let's roll into the music spotlight. Get ready for a fight. All right, sir. So uh, I got a really good, uh, fun song. Uh, this is a song that, uh, like Satisfaction, uh, I've uh, I was on a search for for a very long time. 
So there's, I heard this song uh, in my early teen years, and uh, I fell in love with it. It's fantastic. I bought it on tape. And uh, I never got the CD because it was at the time where it was CD and uh, cassette. And I never had a CD player, so I always bought it on tape. And then it mm-hmm. just it, it went missing. It was gone, and I could never find it. It wasn't until two months ago I was able to track the song down. It was on YouTube, and I was like, oh, great, it's on YouTube, and then found out it's on iTunes. So the name of this artist is called John Cox. And don't make fun of the name. It's actually legitimate, but I work with a guy named John Cox. Yeah, Uh, it's a fantastic. He's a fantastic rocker. But the name of his song is called Sunny Day. Uh, It's a very uh, super fun song, especially if you're having a bad day. Uh, It's fantastic. So I've been jamming this song ever since I found it. It feels like, you know, I'm back in my childhood again, just listening to this. And a lot of people haven't heard this song. So this will be a new a new one for most folks. But uh, I definitely think people will enjoy this song, especially if you dig all the other songs in STL. So good times. Nice. So uh, I look forward to hearing it. Yes. I can't wait for you to hear it, sir. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let's close up, sir, because we got a time schedule. So uh, it's all good. And we're wrapping up pretty good because, you know, I got to get tabby fed, uh, you know, with the diabetic stuff. So uh, we got a little time to spare. So let's close up, sir. And uh, everybody knows where you are. But tell, tell us about your upcoming projects and where to find you and all that good stuff. Sure. So, uh, of course I have uh, episodes of real reviews, the TV show that I do, uh, every week you can find those, uh, if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, real reviews, or I have it on YouTube. If you search real reviews, K son, uh, this week we're going to be giving our full review about, um, What's the movie we talked to? Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Yep, Guardians of the Galaxy. Plus our top five favorite sci-fi fantasy movies, which should be a lot of fun. Ooh. And we are also doing a throwback to a movie called Spaceballs. So that worked out. For uh, real? Are you serious? Yeah. That's I awesome. didn't choose it. Mike chose it. I was like, you don't know how perfect this is, sir. Did you did you tell him behind the scenes? That you were I, reviewing this on? Yeah, after after we locked it in, I go, dude, this is that means I can kill two birds with one stone. I love it. <laughs> Um, That's awesome. Yeah, we got that going on. Uh, I also uh, have Real Films Podcast, a documentary podcast I host with that jerk Jason. Um, <laughs> tonight, as of this recording, we are going to be recording our new episode about a movie called Peter and the Farm, uh, which is a really twisted documentary on on uh, the Netflix. Um, that's, that should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, Movie Mojo Monthly. Uh, Brian and I will be recording tomorrow talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, a great 1980s guilty pleasure that I just rewatched starring Rick, uh, not starring, but with Rick Moranis in it uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, perhaps another, uh, another fun game of Busey or blank. Oh, that's, and, uh, I love that game. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's what I got going on for right now. That's very cool. Is it parenthood? Cause that movie sucks. So no, it's a movie. I don't. No, that you've i don't know if you've ever not many people have ever heard of it it's called the wildlife wildlife that is my guilty pleasure spoiler okay. alert spoiler for, uh, alert <laughs> yeah the wildlife tons of fun yeah no i i haven't i haven't caught that one um woof good times are you guys going to be reviewing the new batman documentary on hulu about uh, bill finger we are going to be that'll be on our next not this episode but the following episode because oh, we'd already sweet. locked in this one sweet uh, so our next one will be Batman and Bill because I watched it uh, Saturday when it came out. Man, I meant to watch it to review it for this episode and didn't get around to it, man. Oh, I can't wait to watch it, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good doc. So yeah, we'll be look for that in about a week or so. We'll okay. be covering that one. 
Perfect. Uh, well, just a couple little updates I have for you. Um, as you know, Tabby and I, uh, we did two auto commentaries last month. We did Monster Squad and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I'm sure most of you guys know. Uh, so far, feedback's been good. You guys are digging the uh, auto commentaries. So, and, uh, you know, because people are like, well, you know, when she's reviewing, you can't really hear, but on auto commentaries, you can hear really good. So, uh, oh, that's good. I had a lot of fun uh, with that. So, uh, hope. I guess we'll see what comes down the road. I know we did a vote up on the STL, and I think, what was the one that won? Uh, either Adventures in Babysitting or another one. I'll have to look to see which one won. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, look for, you know, those will be sporadic. It won't be something that's, you know, all the time, you know, and I know that there's a selected audience for that, but those are super fun to do. Uh, you know, of course, that's when you and I can't get together. Uh, but there's a big Facebook post that i put on the main stl page in the group and on the main page you know in facebook just type sweep delay podcast uh it's pinned to the top so it's basically uh where you can find everything and i mean everything for groups twitter facebook the biggest thing is is um i have a passion project that i recently brought back last month um, there was a show that I used to do called Make Some Noise. It was actually called STL Presents Make Some Noise, but that's a mouthful, so I got rid of that. Uh, if you are a fan of the Underground Hour, which I'll be doing another one of those episodes soon, uh, this is the same version of that. I put that on the Changing Channels feed because, you know, let's be honest, you and I, we're never going to do that show again. No, never. So instead of instead of wasting, uh, you know, killing the feed and then, uh, you know, I basically have approval on that feed on iTunes. So I figured, look, if I put a music show on iTunes, they're not going to approve it, but they've already approved this feed. So that's what made me put that show on the changing channels one. So technically you can still get all the old school changing channels ones, but it's under the nick, the name of make some noise. So, and what that show is, is, uh, it's basically all positive music. It's a top five list that I try to do, you know, once a month, I did two episodes last month. And uh, the difference is, is that some of the bands I play in the show, obviously are Christian rock. And then this show is all dedicated to that. Now, listen here. There ain't no preaching. There's none of that stuff. It's just super fun, positive music to get you through your bad day. So look, don't be a jerk. If you don't dig it or it's not your cup of tea, don't go on iTunes and rate it one star. All right. Don't be a jerk off. Just don't listen to it. All right. It's for the fans that dig the STL music that I play on the show. It's an extension of that. So that's what that show is. It's a passion project of mine. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, I brought back all the old episodes. So the top 30 skillet, uh, cause you know, skillet. Oh my gosh. I had to do a top 30 cause I love every song. Uh, Toby Mac, uh, fly leaf. And then I'll be doing 12 stones, uh, doing a new one of that eventually pillar, all that good stuff. So check that out. There's a Facebook page. You can go click on the link on, on the post that I put in the pin post. It has links to, uh, the new Facebook page, how to find it on iTunes, or you can just type, make some noise explanation point. You'll find it there. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a show that I really love doing and the fans, there's small fan base, but the ones that are there love it and we like to every day we like in the group to post our jam of the day which is super fun so uh, i hope you guys enjoy it but if it's not your thing it's not your thing don't check it out but for those of you who might be interested or you're having a bad day and you need some tunes to get you through that's the show for you so i'll be doing a lot of that that's how i did five episodes last month and then you got to the point where you're like don't burn yourself out mike and i'm like i'm right. not i'm not you know i stopped i took a i took a three-week break you know after i busted out you know we did uh 
our last episode together over the top. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, I did two auto commentaries the same day. We did Ferris and then Monster Squad. And then I brought the show back, did two episodes of that. So then I'm like, look, I need to take a break. So I took three weeks off and then we came back to do Spaceball. So I'm definitely learning my lesson, you know, passion, you know, got to Got to keep the passion there. So, mm-hmm. um, so I definitely uh, recommend you guys check that out if you're looking for, you know, all the links for everything. So. Um, and then outside of that, our next movie, sir, is probably going to be Roadhouse because that's the one that we've got some memes going on about that, which is really mm. fun in the STL group. And then, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't want to make too much of it, but I love how Tabby was, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uncomfortable at best. Yeah, it, it was. But <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. But I just I kind of laughed at it, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that one. So. Um, who knows when we'll get together, probably next month sometime. Um, and, uh, hopefully your schedule stays clear. I guess we'll see how things go. We and shall see. We shall see. In the meantime, though, um, I'm going to actually do the, uh, satisfaction song that I love the come on everybody. Mm-hmm. It's very short. So I'm actually going to play that with the music spotlight. So you guys could kind of hear what I was talking about with how awesome it was. And you can hear Justine Bateman sing and all that good stuff. So I uh, I think that uh, I think that about does it, sir. So sweet works for me. All right, well uh, you guys have a good one. Take care. As soon as.